God is good. I love that. Amen. We're going to the Word of the Lord very quickly tonight, and uh, I pray that that you will just stay with me a little while. Last Wednesday night, I talked about what's wrong with the gospel. Tonight, I'm going to talk about something a little different, and I trust that you will hear me out. How many of you want to be saved? You used to sing a song, the reason I'm in this church, I don't want to be lost. Amen. I want to go to heaven, don't you? It's important to me to go to heaven. And I, I know you do too. I'm going to talk tonight about the governing elements. This is not a new subject, not something I haven't talked about in years gone by. But I, I want to talk about the governing elements in the life of a Christian, a saint of God. You know, uh, government is important. It's very important. A lawless land would be a very dangerous land. I don't know that we have to agree with everything that's done in Washington or Baton Rouge or our city, or but I do know this. I know without laws that we'd be in a mess. And the Lord has put government in the church and in our lives, and there are things that are governing elements that we have to have in order to be saved. No one, no one is without law. Can you say amen? There are laws that, that uh, we must abide by in the Scriptures as well as in our, as in our country. And we are, we are law-abiding people most of the time, except when you get in a hurry like I do. But I have Scripture because the Bible said the king's business requires haste. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I'm on the king's business. Amen. Submission is a, is a part of law. If you do not submit, you go to jail. You have to pay the price. So submission is important for law. And no one can make anybody submit. There must be a willingness and an obedience for the things of law to be effective in our lives. Amen. I, uh, the controls, the controls that God has put in the Scripture are profitable for us if we live by them and we walk by them. When I ask you if you wanted to be saved, that's not a trick question. The bottom line is for us to be saved, we must submit to God and we must submit to the Word of God and we must be submissive to one another. And we must be submissive to authority. There's some things that we have to be governed by. Nobody, nobody lives to himself and dies to himself. None of us, none of us are, are that good. Amen? So, the things that I will talk about tonight are, uh, they're, they're authoritative figures in our life and things that we, we have to have. Every one of us, me, you, all of us. We all have to answer to somebody somewhere. If you, it doesn't even matter if you're a, a private business owner, you still have to answer somewhere to somebody. If you work a job, you answer to your boss. You answer to your company. You, you, you have to give, you have to be accountable for the responsibilities that, that you take on. In the United States, in our constitutional structure, there is uh, there's an executive branch, there's a less legislative branch, 
And there is a judicial branch. And you know what they're for? Uh, I don't know they always work just right, but they're for checks and balances. A president can't just say, this is what we're going to do, and this is what we do. He may have a will that he wants to happen, but the Congress has to pass it. Amen? It's got to go before the House and the Senate. There are, there are different branches of government. And then you have, you have that branch that judges, and that's why Supreme Court justices are so very important in our land. There's just different parts of our government, but they all work together, not as a dictatorship, but to preserve the freedom. And everybody say that word with me, freedom. Freedom of America. Well, let me tell you, it works the same way in the church. In other words, for the church to be what God wants it to be, there has to be checks and balances. And, and we do have freedom. The Bible said, whomsoever the Son hath made free, he is free indeed. I believe in the freedom of God. We're free from this old world. Can you say amen? So let me just give you a few things in the next few minutes that, that I feel are so vitally important to govern our lives and to help us walk with God. And the first one is the book that I hold in my hand. This book has to take preeminence in our life. This book has to be the number one authority in our lives. I can't preach to you what I choose to preach unless it's backed up by this book. Well, you get quiet and that just make me preach better. That's good. It'll tell me when I'm plowing deep when you, when you don't say anything. But here's the facts. The facts are God gave us a road map and God gave us the way to be saved. And God gave us the way we ought to live and how we ought to walk and how we ought to talk, where we ought to go, who we ought to associate with, how we ought to live our lives. And if we do it by this Word, we're going to be okay. Does anybody believe that tonight? Amen. Uh, God, God would be unknown to us. Calvary would not have been of effect to us as it is. And there would be no preaching of miracles and the things that Jesus did when He walked upon this earth if there was no recording, if there was no Word. But just let me tell you, over 1,500 writers, amen, over 60 authors of books in this book, the 66 books called the Bible is the Word of God. You can't change it. You can't deny it. It's been through the fire and the fire couldn't burn it. It's been fed to the lions and the lions couldn't eat it. It's been through the storms and the wind couldn't turn it. We're talking about the, the Word of God. The things that we are founded and structured upon are this Word. And this Word has to be the top governing element in the life of every child of God. You can't do whatever you want to do. You can't just live any way you want to live. You can't just say, I'm a Christian and act any way you want to act. There's some things in here that teach you how to live. And teach you how to give. And teach you how to pray. And teach you how to be faithful. 
Somebody said amen. The Word of God is so important. We're Jesus' name people here. We believe in the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. We're, we're Jesus' name. But let me tell you what David said. David said in Psalm 138, For thou, talking about God, hath magnified thy word above thy name. I want to tell you in this church tonight, there is nothing more important to us than this book. That's why you have to read it every day. That's why you've got to put it down in your heart. You know what David said? Thy word, O God, have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. This is preventive maintenance for your life. Grady Cott, I'm glad to see you. Just caught my eye. I've been out with surgery for several weeks. Glad you're back. God bless you. Amen. Thy word. Have I put in here, he said, so I won't sin against you. This is preventive maintenance right here. This is what will keep you when darkness veils the sun and the world's on fire. This is what will keep you when the enemy comes. This is what Jesus used when the enemy approached him and he said, it is written. He said it three times, it is written. It is, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe the Word of God. I believe it. I'm like the old boy that said, I believe it from cover to cover. I even believe the concordance. Amen. I believe it's a governing element in our life. The Word of God is the final authority. Would you say that with me? The final authority. The final authority by which you judge your life, others' lives, every sermon, every doctrine, Every organizational rule, every structure of the church, every spiritual gift, the will of God, whatever you want to talk about, this is the final authority of it all. Amen. That's why every once in a while when I'm preaching, you know this, I'll stop and say, don't take my word for it. If you've got a doubt about it, go get in this. Because I can't stand up here and preach to you the Newsweek magazine i got to preach to you the Word of God. But the Word of God said it is forever settled in heaven. You can't change one jot or tittle. That's what the Bible said. You can't change the Word of God. So what I've come to tell you on this night is that the Word of God is the number one governing element of the church. It's not me. It's not you. It's this. This is the authority by which we all live. Amen. Scripture is given, the Bible said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is for correction. As a matter of fact, put up, Brother Tommy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I want you to see that. Give me just a minute. I'm going to pull some Scripture verses out here that I have. Amen. Because I want to make sure I get them right. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Listen to what it says. All Scripture, not some Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Everybody say profitable. Here's what it's profitable for. Doctrine. Reproof. For correction. And for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, 
thoroughly furnished unto good works. Let me tell you what the Word of God saying right here. It's saying this book is the most profitable thing you can have in your ministry, in your lifestyle, in your daily living. This book is profitable. It's not just profitable for what we believe. It's profitable for, to keep us in line, to reprove us, to correct us, to instruct us in righteousness. Amen? So, so the doctrine is important. Anybody believe the doctrine is important? The doctrine will save you. You've got to have the right doctrine. Oh, I can preach right here a little bit. I've had people tell me, well, the doctrine don't really matter. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. The doctrine the Scripture teaches does matter. The doctrine is what we believe. It's repentance, Jesus' name, baptism, Holy Ghost infilling, walking with God in holiness and righteousness and living according to the Word of God. That's the doctrine that we live by. Amen? That's what we have to have. Reproof, we don't like. Correction, we don't always like. Amen? We don't like for somebody to say, you shouldn't do that. We don't like for the Word of God. That's, let, let, let me give you a little more. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 55, 9-11. For as the heavens is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. You know what it is? It's, it's, it's like rain. It's, it's like giving bread to the eater and seed to the sower. He said it's not coming back void. The Word of God is a powerful element in our lives. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, I perceive tonight that if we put this in our heart on a daily basis, we can walk with God every day and have the anointing of the Holy Ghost every day and the power of God in our life every day. Right here. It's a governing element. Study. Paul told Timothy, he said, study. Study why? Study to show thyself approved. A workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed. That's what he said. Study to show thyself approved. You've got to understand the Word of God. You know why it was written? Let me give you a few reasons very quickly. John chapter 20, verse 31. Very quickly, here's some things for you to remember. These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. That's why it's written. You want to know why else it's written? 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. Brother Tommy, we'll put these up. You don't have time to go there. I know I'm going kind of fast. Now all things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. They're so that we can see how it was done in the Scriptures, and it gives us faith for right now. It's for our admonition. 
That's why the Word of God is written. Here's one more. Let me leave it with you. 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's why the book is written. It's the governing element of the saints of God. Let me tell you something, folks. You can't get rid of this. You can't get... This will never die. You could burn every Bible in Washtenaw Parish tonight, and the Word of God will live on. You can bury every Bible in America tonight, and you can't get... You know why? Because there's some people that have already put this down in their heart. There's some people that have already read it enough that they believe the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the anointing. I'm here to tell you, you can't kill this book. This is a powerful anointed book that ought to be a part of every life in this building today. Somebody shout amen. Never, listen to me, never measure yourself by somebody else or somebody's rule of measurement. Let the Word of God govern your life explicitly. If you can't find it in here, look, I'm going to cross some paths here, but I'm going to do it anyway. You You can't just preach because it feels good. You can't preach something because you like it or don't like it. I'm getting some other stuff in a minute. Y'all going to really get quiet on me. I'm just kind of baiting you right now. My old Uncle J. Roy Wiedner, who's been dead many years, a wonderful man of God. I heard him tell the story. He He had a very unique laugh, and he just laughed. He was the secretary of the... District of Louisiana for many years, and just to, he was my dad's pastor, and uh, so I, I remember him telling one time that he he was just a young preacher and he preached and he he couldn't think of nothing else to say and he looked down on the front row and saw an old boy with white shoes on, so he just started preaching against white shoes. He laughed at himself, you know. He just he told it years later. Years later, he had a pair of white shoes. But he laughed at himself because he said, I was just a young preacher and I couldn't think of nothing else to say, so I just preached on in white shoes. Well, you can't do that. You can't preach what you want to preach. You can't believe just what you want to believe. Here it is right here. Where the Bible speaks, we ought to speak. And where the Bible is silent, we ought to be silent. Hello, somebody. We ought to, we ought to not... We ought to not say things as, now, now I'm going to get to convictions in a minute. Don't worry about all that. I'm going to get there. But the facts are, I've heard a lot of folks say it's law and order, and it has nothing to do with a word in this book. I might have hit a, a stump there and sheared a pen, so I'm going to move on. Amen. The second governing element of our life. You ready for this? It's kind of hard for me to preach, but really not, because it's Bible. It's the ministry. You need a preacher in your life. And you don't just need a preacher to show up on Sunday morning. You need a preacher that will help you seven days a week. God gave the ministry to the church as a governing element. I'm going to prove that. Just stay with me. From experience... And the Word of God. 
I find it essential for people to have a pastor in their life. You see, I've lived long enough and preached long enough and pastored long enough. I know I sound like an old guy tonight, but I'm not. But I have been doing this 47 years. And I've been here long enough to know that any time a local church gets out of harmony with God's plan and the deacons or the church board or the elders or a group or anybody tries to take control, there's about to be trouble. God put the ministry in the church for the governing of the church. He's not a dictator. He can't be a dictator. If he's a dictator, he's not of God. But he's put there to follow the Scriptures, to preach the Word of God, and to govern the, govern the affairs of the church with help, no doubt, from the church. But the ministry is important in your life to govern your life. You know, every once in a while, I'll say to somebody, you know what, you shouldn't do that. And if they flare up, I know right then, brother, they need a trip to the altar. Because I don't say that very often unless somebody's just way out there. I, I was talking to my wife a few days ago about a certain situation. I said, you know what? I, I can go and say something to those people about what they're doing and la, la, la. And I won't, I won't say anything past that because I don't want you sitting here trying to figure out who I'm talking about. But they know the truth. They've been raised in the truth. They know what's right. They know what's wrong. I'm going to keep preaching faithfulness, keep preaching holiness, keep preaching godliness, keep preaching righteousness, keep preaching the doctrine, keep believing God. And you know what? Some of you know it enough that I shouldn't have to come and say anything to you. And if you get mad when a preacher does say something to you, you need a trip to the altar. You want a back scratcher or a pastor? You want somebody to make you feel good or somebody to get you to go to heaven? If you're just looking for a feel-good religion, there's plenty around. I can point some out to you if you want to talk to me privately. But if you want to go to heaven, stick with me. We're going. And we're going to live by the Word of God to get there. Hallelujah. You see, here's what the Bible said. He gave us Ephesians chapter 4. Put it up, Brother Tommy, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Here's what Paul said in teaching about, in teaching to the church. He said, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Everybody say that. Say it with me. Say that is the fivefold ministry. Now, I want you to read the next verse because I want you to see why the Lord gave He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a threefold purpose for the ministry. One of them is for the perfecting of the saints. Well, let me me just tell you, you can't get perfected without getting corrected. We got a little generation that says, don't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want to do. Well, you go right ahead. But that's not what the Word of God teaches. 
Oh, I'm plowing a little deep tonight, huh? For the perfecting of the saints. Let me, let me tell you, I, I was raised in a home that uh, my mom and dad should both have been in Angola. Because it was a place of child abuse, according to the new laws. None of y'all know anything about that, do you? Oh, Dennis, shut up. You don't know nothing about that. You need a GE chance for your daddy, what you needed. <laughs> but you know, you know, the reason we got that, and the reason there was correction in our home, was to make us better kids. I'm not any better than anybody else, but let me tell you this, I ain't never spent a night in jail. I couldn't, I don't know what alcohol tastes like. I've never had one drop on my lips. I've never shot up drugs. I did try to smoke one time, like choked death. My daddy didn't know it. Or I'd have choked to death, sure enough. But you know, you know what? The perfecting of the saints is not a preacher getting up every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night and telling you how good you're doing. The perfecting, the perfecting of the church and the saints of God is for somebody to preach, thus saith the Word of God. And it may rub us wrong. That's why the Bible said the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it cutteth to the bone and the marrow. The Bible said it cuts asunder and it goes to the bone and to the marrow. You ever cut yourself to the bone and the marrow? Honey, that don't feel good. You're not supposed to feel good all the time. Somewhere, somebody's got to... Look, when my dad said, son, go get me a switch. Oh, I knew I was in trouble. Or when he'd come in with that belt. Or you would be riding down the road and me and Mike... And Mostly me and Mike, Gay wasn't big enough to fight with us, but, but, you know, he'd tell us a time or two, and then all of a sudden you'd hear this, that belt coming through them loops. Y'all don't know anything about that. My daddy was a genius at whipping us going down the road. He never looked back. Boom! We balled up in the corners of that car. You know why? For, to make his kids be something. To teach you to do right. God, give us grace to listen to the Word of God. To listen to the man of God. It don't have to be me. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you are. If you're listening on the internet tonight, let me preach to you a little bit. You need a preacher in your life. You need somebody to tell you what's right and what's wrong. And preach the Word of God without fear or favor. You can't be a money collector. You've got to be a preacher of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Man, I feel good in here tonight. For the work of the ministry, that's to teach and to preach. And listen to this, the third one, the edifying of the body of Christ. Everything we do has to build the body of Christ. But you need a preacher. How can you be, how can you be saved, the Bible said, without a preacher? And how can they preach unless you don't just need a preacher, you need an anointed preacher. You need a God-called preacher. We got preachers that mama called them. 
<laughs> Y'all want me to preach or mess around here on Wednesday night? I feel, I feel like I'm doing good tonight. Not because you're agging me on, because this is the Word of God and we need this. You know what's wrong with our generation? They don't want a preacher in their life. We got a younger generation. They don't want me to tell them it's wrong to miss church. They don't want me to tell them it's wrong to lay at home and to go here and go there. They don't want to know that God ought to be the priority in your life and not secondary. We'll just quit paying our tithes. Go ahead. God's going to take care of me whether you pay tithes or not. And the facts are, when you do that, you're not robbing me. You're robbing God, and you'd rather rob the First National Bank downtown than you had to rob God. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Build it up. Now, now, now look, here's, here's, let me, let me, let me go here very quickly. Oh, Jesus. Our responsibility to the ministry is this, right this. Hebrews 13 and 7. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember. Here's what the Bible said to the church. Listen. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Consider the end of their conversation. You want to go a little further? Hebrews 13 and 7. 17. Obey them. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your... So, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that, that is unprofitable, not for me, for you. And somewhere, someday, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to say, Lord, Daryl Page, I preached to him. He was a good man. He was a faithful man. He sat on the front row of this church. He was faithful in every work. But I can't say that about everybody. And when God asks me about some, you know what I'm going to say? I told them, God, they didn't do what I preached. i got to give an account according to that. They may give an account of your soul that they may give it with joy and not with grief. There's some folks I'm going to say, hallelujah. Lord, I'm so happy to tell you about Bonnie Ballou, he's been in this church longer than I've been alive. He's been worshiping God. His health is not good, but he came right on to church. He paid his tithes. He loved God. He's been the Sunday school superintendent of this church longer than I've been alive. He's here tonight. I'm, I'm, I want to, I'd be glad to stand before you, before God for you, Brother Blue, because I can give an account with joy. That's the kind of account I want to give for every one of you. But let me tell you, there's a bunch of these young folks, there's a bunch of this younger generation that when you tell them something, they laugh and they say, oh, that's old fashioned. It is old fashioned because the book is old fashioned. And you better get your hide to church and get your life with God straightened out and get your commitment where it ought to be and get your dedication where it ought to be because that's the only way you're going to make the rapture of the church. I didn't get to preach Sunday, so I'm doing it twice tonight. Y'all shut me down on Sunday. I'll keep you long on Wednesday. It's okay. 
Obey them that have salute means greet with respect and show kindness to to them to them that have the rule over you. Hebrews thirteen twenty four. I'm not going to read all the verses. Esteem very highly in love. First Thessalonians five twelve and thirteen. Worthy of double honor. First Timothy five seventeen. This is your respect you to the ministry, not to muzzle them. The Bible said First Timothy five and eighteen. You know what I want to tell you? I thank God for this church. GE Chance made this church what it is over fifty eight years of time, and they can take preach it. If you're new here, you better learn to take this if you're gonna hang around. 1 Timothy 5.18, For the Scripture said, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. That's the ministry. That's the ministry. Not to receive an accusation against them that accept before two or three witnesses. Don't start pointing your finger and accusing the ministry. Because, listen to me, of the public life and ministry of a preacher and his family, he's open to all sorts of criticism. And the kingdom's sake, and for the kingdom's sake, we need to keep these verses in our mind and remember what I put on that screen tonight. Now, let me talk to you about my responsibility to you. The Bible said, feed the flock. Acts twenty twenty eight. 1 Peter 5, 1-4. Reprove, rebuke with all long-suffering. That means i got to keep loving you no matter how bad you are. i got to keep preaching to you when I get aggravated with you. i got to love you when I tell you to do right. You don't do right, and i still got to love you. And I do. That's why I'm still preaching. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. That's what Paul told Timothy. The church wrote to Paul for advice in 1 Corinthians 7 and 1. And he writes back for them not to eat with certain people. (laughs) Are you listening? Paul wrote back for them not to eat with certain people. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians. And, and, And this, to me, sounds like ministerial authority. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor... What do you what do you think I ought to do? You think I ought to go there? Why are you even asking me? Because most of you, or some of you, when I say no, you shouldn't go there. I look up, you're gone anyway. <laughs> Thank you, brother Jimmy. I needed that. Let me move on. Make disciples. That's my my. Converts, disciples, then teach them, the Bible said, to observe all things the Lord has commanded. That's what the Lord told me to do. He told me to, these things command and teach in 1 Timothy 4 and 11. He said, these things command and teach. And then he said, these things teach and exhort in 1 Timothy 6. So, I have an obligation as a as a minister, you have an obligation as a child of God. It all goes along with the governing elements of our life. We need the Word of God, and then we need a preacher in our life. I'm not just telling you that because I'm a preacher. You know what? I need a preacher in my life. You need a preacher in your life. I need to be preached to just like you need to be preached to. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? 
Not just reading it, by the preached Word of God. Hallelujah. Let me hurry. The third thing that is a governing element in your life is the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is a powerful, restraining force in every one of our lives. And if we ever learn, or if we have not learned, we need to learn, to submit to the still, small voice of God. I said this last week tonight. The Holy Ghost restrains us. There's places, Brother Tony, if I go the Holy Ghost, my Holy Ghost, I don't know what kind you got, but the Holy Ghost in me will say, you know what, you really don't need to be here. You know what, you really don't need to go there. You know what, you really shouldn't say that. Does anybody else hear the voice of God? The Holy Ghost speaking to you. You know, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you become partakers of a divine nature. And the divine nature of God just don't partake of some things and do some things. The, the Holy Ghost is our governing factor in our life. Paul, he was forbidden to preach in Asia by the Holy Ghost. Things the Holy Ghost teaches, you find it in, put, just pop this up right quick. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 2 and 13. I want you to, I want you to hear, see what this says. The, the, these are things the Holy Ghost teaches us, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, it's not just what the world says and what the wisdom of man is and, and what some great orator would say, but the Holy Ghost. Look, I've been in churches where I said, the Holy Ghost said to me, this is not right. I've been in homes where the Holy Ghost said, something's wrong here. The Holy Ghost teaches you and brings you, brings things into remembrance in your life. That's what it's for. You read John 14, 26 and 27 and 15 and 26 and all these verses and you'll find that the Holy Ghost teaches you. The grace of God that brings salvation teaches us. Teaches us. You know what the Bible said? When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will lead you. And He will guide you into all truth. You can't silence the voice of the Holy Ghost in your life. You've got to listen to the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. And furthermore, the Bible said, He that hath an ear. Everybody here got an ear? That's not what He's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual ear. He that hath an ear, you find it in the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Not just the preacher. Look, ladies and gentlemen, watch me. I'm not the only one that needs to hear from God. I need to hear from Him. I must hear from Him. But you need to hear from God. You need to hear from God often. You need to stay in tune with God and keep the Spirit of God burning inside of you where that you can hear the voice of God. 
Know what God is saying in your life. I don't have to tell you how. You know that still, small voice of God. You know that little conscience that jumps up on your shoulder. That's the Holy Ghost. The God of glory puts a spirit in you that will give you guidance and direction in your life. And it will govern your lifestyle. Not only moves on us, but it governs us. It will, it will always act. Listen, I'm closing this part of it with this. Watch this. It will always act in harmony with the Scriptures. I've had people come to me and say, Well, the Holy Ghost told me, and something off the wall that, I'm, that, that lined up nowhere in here. And I've, a few times I've said, The Holy Ghost didn't tell you that. Why do you say that? One fellow told me, and, and look, this, this, y'all gonna love me for this, okay? Here, here's the truth. When, when somebody comes to me in this town and says, well, the, the Lord spoke to me and told me to go across town, that's a lie. God don't tear up one church to build another one. I might need to turn that off right now. God don't jerk you up from a place where you've been raised and, and God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in the name of the Lord and you're walking with God and say, I think I need you over here somewhere. And they always try to pull this spiritual stuff. Well, God told me. God didn't tell you no such thing. It don't line up with that. <laughs> I've never said that before, but I just did. So the next time somebody leaves and you come to me saying, God told me, you just remember this. I may not say it, but I know you're lying. It's true. My dad used to say, I guess God's mad at me. Why would God do that? You know, how many people you invest in them for years? Pray for the kids. There when they... Kids is born. Marry them. Dedicate their kids. Go to the house when they're fighting. Pray for them at all hours of the day and night. And then they say, well, God told me. God didn't tell you that. That's hogwash. Holy Ghost hadn't spoke to you. Every time the Holy Ghost speaks to you, it will line up with this right here. Your problem is submission. We may not have nobody left after tonight. The Holy Ghost may speak to every one of you. <laughs> now, here, here's another governing. I'm, I'm hurrying now because I got to hurry. The next thing I want to tell you is, and I don't want everybody to say this with me. Say personal conviction. I want to say a little something about this. This is individualized restrictions, our liberties. We feel good about and are sure the Holy Ghost has led us into. These are guidelines to personal convictions that we need to observe. And here they are. I'm going to read them real quick. i got them written down here. They never contradict or add to the Scriptures. They are neither specifically approved nor reproved by the Bible. They are binding on us only, or on you only, 
and are not to be imposed upon others, but can be shared with others. They must be from God. Therefore, they complement and enhance godliness in your personal life. They are reasonable. We can live with them by the help of the Spirit. They're personal convictions. That's what I'm talking about. They are not taught as a requirement to be saved or as a Bible doctrine. I don't have the right to take my personal conviction and put it on you. You're not offended if everyone else doesn't abide by your personal conviction. They are personal. They are private. They are individual points of dedication and surrender to God that we may joyfully abide for our deep personal fulfillment and desire to please God. That's what it's all about. You see, there's some things that, and I'm going to talk about it, the next part of that is the universal convictions. There are some things that are just right and wrong. There are other things that are not talked about in the Scriptures. And, and I've used this so many times that I'll use it again tonight. My father was a great example of this. He lived it. I know his life. He lived it to the day he died. Daddy was an old rodeo guy. He loved to break horses, ride horses, rodeo. He loved it. He loved it before he came to God. But when he came to God, he felt like he had to give that up. Now, he never damned everybody else for going to the rodeo. But he said, son, I can't go. I asked him one time, Dad, let's go. Let's go to the Civic Center. Let's... He said, son, I can't go. I said, why? Is it wrong? No. He said, I'm not telling you it's wrong, but it's wrong for me. That's something that I laid down. And I made a dedication to God. That's what personal convictions are. There's personal things in your life. Let me tell you something. We all come from different environments. Watch me now. We all come from different backgrounds. And there are certain things in our lives that we sometimes have to lay down. Here's what the Bible said. Paul said you've got to lay down every sin, every weight. No, that's what he said. Every weight and the sin that thus so easily beset us. There are weights and there are sins. Some things are just wrong. Stealing's wrong. Lying's wrong. Adultery's wrong. Fornication's wrong. Come on now. There are some things that are just across the board. The Bible lists a lot of things. Jealousy's wrong. Hatred's wrong. Strife is wrong. Envy's wrong. I could go on and on, but watch this. There are things that he didn't name that because sometimes when we come to God, we have to make some commitments to God. And we just have to say, Lord, see, for years, for years, I've heard preachers say, well, bless God, this is right. You don't have a bit of Bible for what you're preaching. The problem is, is you can't put personal convictions on everybody else. 
There are universal convictions. Everybody say universal convictions. That's what I'm going to call them tonight. But those are the convictions that are in this Scripture that tell us you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't. It tells us what to avoid and what will send us to hell and what we must stay away from. But there's some other little things. I'm going to call them little things. They're not little to everybody. They may be big in your eyes. That somewhere along the way people have to make convictions and say, you know what? God, God got me out of that. I can't go back there. God, I, I can't do that. I can't be a part of that. It may be right. I've heard people say this. It may be right for you. You know, this, if this is a conviction of yours, God bless you. I've heard people say, you know, I can't drink coffee. My daddy used to say, God saved me too, but he didn't make a fool out of me. You remember that, Grady? You know, if you if, if you got a conviction, coffee, live it, brother. Just don't put it on everybody else. If you can't drink Diet Coke, I feel sorry for you. That's what they're having at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm playing. Please forgive me. But you know what? There's folks that say, I can't. It's, it's things that to you you'd think, that's crazy. But to them it's not crazy. To them it's very serious because it's their walk with God. If it's, if it's, and I want to tell you this, listen to me. Everybody ought to have some personal convictions. I just wish some folks had convictions at all. But everybody ought to have some. You ought to pray enough and be close enough to God that when God says, you know what, that's an area that you, because let me tell you, there's little things that may hinder you that don't hinder me. There's things that may hinder me that don't hinder you. We can't push them on one another. And this is what we've been guilty of for a hundred years. Well, bless God, they ain't going to heaven. Look at them. Look at that. Look at this. You know about... Look, you're not their judge. You live for God and get your personal walk with God and personal convictions as well as universal convictions. And you'll be saved if you do it the right way. But you can't judge everybody else. Jesus didn't like it. He said, why are you trying to, why are you trying to get a splinter? A little old splinter out of his eye when you got a beam in yours. You know what, you know what the connotation of that verse is? You try to get a splinter out of somebody's eye, you got a log in yours. Wouldn't you hate to have an eye surgeon? Or a surgeon, period, that was operating on you blind? I mean, he was blind? Couldn't see? The worst thing you never hear a doctor say in surgery is oops. Wouldn't you hate that? Jesus said, Why are you trying to get a splinter out of your brother's eye? You've got a beam in your own eye. Don't be judging everybody else. Live for God to the best of your ability. Live by the Word of God. Live by the preached Word of God. Live by the direction of the Holy Ghost. Get you some personal convictions. And you know what? If you don't feel good going somewhere, young people, just plant your feet and say, You know what? I'm not going there. I don't feel good going there. I used to go there when I was a sinner. I'm not going back in there. I'm not doing that anymore. Amen? Come on now. i got to quit. Y'all will be paying me overtime. God knows I need it. Amen.
trying to see what. Oh, I got three whole minutes. Governing elements. One other thing. One other thing. And I'm going to close with this. I want you to say, my brother. That's a governing element in your life. Not only are we governed by the Word and the Spirit and the ministry, we're governed by one another. Here's why. The Bible said, Paul said, if meat offend my brother, I will eat no meat. You've got to be careful and not offend people. Your brother's important. Last time I read, we were still the body of Christ. And the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. If you're in the body, you don't offend one another. You work in harmony with one another. We cannot take the attitude of I don't care what anybody says. I care what everybody says. And you need to care what everybody says. Amen? When you walk out of this church, you represent us and me. I know I've said it before, but if you act like that, take that bumper sticker off your car, that plate that says Christian life. Don't tell nobody where you go to church, for God's sake. Take Acts 2.38 off your bumper. You see, and, I, and I, I'm hurrying to a close. True Christianity walks softly as to not to create division and strife and disharmony in the church. Amen. Some folks, some folks are just really bold. And, and uh, look, I want to say a couple of things here that might rub some of you the wrong way. It, it just has to rub you. Here's the facts. Our elders, our elders got us to where we are. We didn't get here by ourselves. There was something done right along the way. Somewhere we need to give honor and credence. And not just belligerent, belligerently deny and go against the things that have been taught and said and lived in our midst. It's quiet now. Our brothers and sisters are valuable to us. The Bible said, love one another. Now look, I love my wife. She's here tonight. We've been married 46 years. If I love her, I'm not going to do stuff to hurt her and make her mad. Number one, I'm smarter than that. Amen. If you're in love with God's people and you're in love with God's church, there, look, I don't like everything. You don't like everything. I don't know of a church anywhere where everybody agrees on everything. I just don't know of a place like that. If that, if, if, if that church is, is somewhere and I don't know about it, I, I, I might need to go attend there. 
Because I've never been in one where everybody agreed about everything. Some folks just like to be contentious, though. Some folks just like to be... I, I pastored a man one time. It didn't matter what color, paint, what kind of carpet, what you... He was just against it. He was just against it. He loved to be against it. I remember putting carpet in the church. Not this one. But I remember. And he said, oh, that cut carpet. He had a deep voice. I want him to God. He's a good guy. He's still alive. Hope he ain't watching. I like that carpet. I said, well, you, you, you know, you'll be all right. Everything, he just, it'll grow on you. So help me, this is the truth. I was driving down a dirt road going to somebody else's house, and he waved me down. He was in the car with me. You know, this is the truth. He stopped. Hey! I said, what are you doing? He said, you know, I, I, that carpet y'all got in church? I said, yeah. He said, I just put it in my house. <laughs> he just won't be against it. Oh, come on, folks. You can't just be against it to be against it. And if, 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 if we ever learn to live in unity and in harmony and submit, the Bible says this, submit yourselves one to another. Submit yourselves. You're the body of Christ. Submit yourselves one to another. What if you get up in the morning and your leg says, I ain't going today. I ain't walking no more. Come on now. You say, well, that's crazy. That's just about how crazy some folks are. You, you're in the body. God saves you for purpose. God wants you to be saved. And look, iron sharpeneth iron. I may rub you the wrong way. may have done it tonight. But think about what I'm saying. You've got to have the Word. You've got to have the preacher. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have personal conviction. You've got to have universal conviction. And you've got to have your brother if you want to be saved. Shall we stand? Let's give the Lord a hand of praise all over this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.